hey, uh, don't fast forward. I want to share some information about a special deal with you. Bounce Athletics is offering 343 listeners and members a 10% discount on orders of premium custom soccer balls and training vests. That's right. Bounce Athletics products are fully customizable, which means you can get your school or your club or your camp logo right on the balls or the vests when you order. I personally tested their mini balls, camp balls, NFHS approved balls, and I was thoroughly impressed with everything. And so was the U12 player that I just finished training this morning. If you are running a soccer camp in 2019, Bounce Athletics can offer you fully customized, micro-stitched, textured, premium camp soccer balls for under $9 per ball. These are the same exact balls that are used by major D1 college programs for their camps, such as Wake Forest, Creighton, Texas Tech, Michigan State, just to name a handful. To receive free shipping with delivery in May, just place your order by February 15th, 2019. Email info at bounceathletics.com to start the order process and make sure that you mention 343 so you get your 10% off of your order. This is the 343 Podcast. I'm your host, John Pronich. Welcome to the show. How fast, how tall, how strong. Oh yes, you know what I am talking about. The MLS Combine and the MLS Super Draft. With the draft happening this week, Gary and I wanted to record our thoughts and provide a different perspective than the other media outlets will give you. It's a perspective rooted in the firsthand experience of practitioners, not just from attending the Combine and attending the draft, but deeply rooted in the experience of working closely with players who have been through the process themselves and been discarded. More importantly, we talk about why some players make it and why some don't. We also provide a crystal clear explanation as to why competition with Mexico for our young stars is actually healthy and positive for United States soccer. And again, I want to reiterate how important it is to understand that this is not speculation. This conversation is deeply rooted in fact. And you know what else is deeply rooted in fact? The 343 coaching course. That course is based on years of trial and error, years of experiments to find out what works in American soccer and what doesn't. It's a course that I personally went through and used with my own teams and saw fantastic results. Seriously, I used to get compliments from other coaches after most games about my team's ability to play out of the back, keep the ball. But more often than not, the, the comment that I got was that we just completely eliminated the other team's chances of making an impact on the game just because they couldn't touch the ball. It was that easy. So when I recommend this program, I'm recommending it based on my own personal experience of using it. If you want to learn more about that and to help support this podcast by becoming a member of that program, you can visit 343coaching.com. All right, saddle up. And I, I seriously, I hope that you are ready for this conversation. So please enjoy this episode of the 343 podcast. What do we need to talk about? Uh, no, I, 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 you know, I mentioned we should record something, you know, because the MLS combine is ongoing, right? And that always generates a lot of news, uh, which makes media outlets happy, right? And it's something to report on. Uh, and yeah, I just wanted us to kind of like say our piece, or rather, I should, I wanted to say my piece, right, uh, as to what I think about all that. Um, so I'm kind of counting on you to trigger me he's saying and, <laughs> and and prompt them prompt my truths to to come out because i know we've had a lot of discussions over the years about everything under the sun uh 
I'm not sure if we've had that many about this, but I think you know me well enough where you can fish for fish for things. Oh, absolutely. And, and yeah, we've never talked about the combine, but you have been vocal about it in the past. And when I mean vocal, um, you've written blog posts about it. The one that comes to mind, um, is the one that you wrote about the Chivas USA coach and how he kind of like isolated himself at one of the combines and that that in itself was different because everybody kind of uses that as a place to be or a time to be kind of really buddy buddy and, and whatnot. So, um, that, that piece, um, comes to mind immediately. Um, but maybe, maybe if I can just prompt you with this, just maybe just describe, um, you know, what the MLS combine is and then, and then what it kind of is to you. I don't know if that's the, if that's a good place to start or not, but yeah, I guess it depends on our audience. Maybe that some, some in our audience aren't even aware about the MLS combine, right. And what that entails. Yeah. Uh, so sure. So, you know, every year, uh, they invite, you know, a certain number of, of college players, you know, who are considered, uh, prospects for MLS and they all gather at some location, I think it's in it's in Orlando City this year, right? Is that right, John? I believe so. Somewhere in Florida okay. for sure, but yeah. So they gather they gather them up, right? And they play, you know, several games, you know, eleven v eleven games against each other, and they have these like fitness tests or whatever. It's a dog and pony show, kind of, right? Uh, but yeah, when they play these games against each other, uh, you know, all the MLS coaches and front offices, etc., are there in the stands, you know. It, quote-unquote observing to see if you know any player catches their eye uh, leading up to the draft right which happens right after this combine uh, and then you know they go through the draft and they pick their players and those players you know the vast majority of them go to preseason you know with these MLS teams uh, and most of them get discarded after ML, you know the, this preseason uh, and deemed not good enough and maybe one, two, three, or even five, I don't know how many anymore, uh, actually earn themselves a contract with an MLS team. Uh, or zero, right? Uh, but that's basically the gist of it. You know, I'm sure our audience is aware of, you know, the NFL draft and uh, NBA draft. You know, basically MLS, who's kind of created by, you know, football executives, uh, NFL executives, kind of copied and pasted the same sort of thing. Uh, and that's what it is, you know, so, so I had the fortune or I should maybe bad fortune. I don't know. I don't know how to say it, uh, <laughs> of, of attending one of these things. And I don't remember how long ago, maybe it was like six years ago, uh, six years ago. Yeah. That sounds about right. Attending one of these things because, you know, one of our first crops of players, you know, were graduating from college uh and and invited into this thing right so i said hey why not i'll go over there you know and and keep the players company and and experience it you know and and one player in particular that i'm talking about his name is jose gomez uh also known as quote-unquote choco he played at creighton university uh you know historically a powerhouse and historically you know sent a whole bunch of players to to the mls draft right that turned pro uh, and he had a you know good college career, you know, culminating in being a finalist for the Herman Trophy, right, which is the equivalent of the Heisman Trophy, all right, in the NFL. Uh, and then went to this combine, and you know, in this combine, it's a disaster, right, because none of the players know each other. Uh, they they just make up you know three eleven aside teams. Uh, and they play against each other, so it's the the sloppiest eleven v eleven games you'll ever witness. Uh, and so, you know, putting a certain type of player in that environment, you know, it's difficult for you to shine. Uh, and and I think Jose uh, was perhaps one of those, you know, that whose style of play wasn't, you know, being a super athletic Jossie Sardis forward type. Uh, and so players like that kind of go unnoticed. Uh, and so he ended up being drafted in what's called a supplemental draft and nothing ever came of his pro career here in the U S. Uh, but long story short, you know, aside from just that player's story, 
my experience in and around those several days at the combine and in the hotel lobby where everybody's staying, you know, and then outside, it's just one big holiday for for the coaches in the front offices. Nobody's really working there. Uh, everybody's pretty much on vacation. And, and I know for a fact that, you know, none of these – I shouldn't say none. Maybe there's an exception, but the vast majority of all these MLS teams don't do their homework leading up to this thing. And they don't even know who the players are. And that's just the truth, John. Uh, nobody knows anything. Uh, so you show up there uh, and, and yeah, I, they're kind of like just going off of maybe some pedigree uh, to make their picks. Um, or maybe some sort of needs. Oh, you know, our MLS team needs a striker. Who are the strikers? These are the strikers. You know, who, how are they rated? You know, they look. They actually look towards the media, right? The people who co- cover college soccer to find out what they think. And then the, it's just a big circus, man. I can rant on forever. Uh, and I think people are, are becoming more and more aware of it nowadays. Uh, how college soccer and the college soccer players becoming more irrelevant. And and not able to contribute at the professional level anymore. I'll stop there, and then you can you can fish for more. <laughs> yeah. Um, you mentioned that the coaches and the staff are are kind of treating it like a holiday, and and nobody is really well. So th- this is, I guess, the the question. I guess is is are are they taking it serious or? Are they not taking it serious as a way to build their rosters? And you said that they don't do their homework. But while they're there, are they actually intending to to choose people to fill up their rosters? Or is it like if something flashy catches their eye, they'll take a look. And other than that, it's just a holiday. Yeah, it's the latter. Nobody's really working hard. Nobody nobody really looks at at, at the college player in particular nowadays, too, uh, as, as somebody who's ready to contribute. As a matter of fact, before you called me... Um, I made the mistake of going on social media. I don't, I don't do it. <laughs> I, I don't do it that much that uh, I, I'm just too busy. I haven't been, I've been very good, but you know, I did that. Uh, Cause you know, I had 15 minutes to kill anyways. And I saw that the Philadelphia union, somebody, the GM, I think maybe, I, I don't know, actually made a public statement saying, uh, Nah, nobody here can contribute. You know, we're giving away all our draft picks in exchange for, you know, what's called allocation money or whatever from from another MLS franchise. So they basically are just scrapping the whole thing. You know, they're they're trading away all their picks, and and I kind of enjoyed that statement. Thank God, because more people need to realize that the quality of the players in there. You know. Uh, that's one or and or two, you know, people just don't do their homework and don't bother anymore. You know why? Here, I'm going to give you an exception to the rule. Are you ready? ready. Um, actually, it's not an exception. It, it, it's a it's a very insightful telling story. OK, so there's this player. His name is Frankie Amaya. I've known him. Uh, since he was 13, 14 years old, I've watched him play here in Southern California. Very, very good player. I like him a lot. I've always liked him. Uh, incredibly talented. Uh, but he's short. He's like 5'5", five, five, uh, you know, not physically imposing at all. Well, a year ago, he was a absolute nobody on the on the national soccer scene. A zero. He didn't exist. Okay. Uh Last January, he got invited, you know, Tab Ramos, you know, picked him out. He got invited to the Super Camp, not Youth National Team Super Camp. He did very well himself. And then fast forward to the CONCACAF World Cup qualifying that happened, uh, yeah, two months ago, something like that. And he made that roster and played very, very well, you know, you know, culminating in, in a victory over the Mexico U-20s. And he played a very good game. Uh, and now he's projected to be the number one or two draft pick. You know, he just finished his fresh freshman season at UCLA. And if you look at his UCLA stats and his play also, he did nothing, John, nothing. I, I think it was a total of two goals and two assists as an attacking midfielder. Um, and I'm not one to go by stats, right? But this country does. So he was an invisible, a nobody, if it was just college. 
And if you were to show up to, with, to this combine without the pedigree of the U20 national team, uh, no, no chance, dude. He'd have zero chance. So again, another example of how these MLS front offices really don't know and they're just going off of pedigree or somebody else's word. No, it's crazy Frankie, to me. Frank, Frankie wouldn't even be a pro, John. Like, zero chance. And he's already a generation D this player, probably. I don't know what they pay those contracts nowadays, but he's probably on 80, 90. I don't know. Something around that level. But he'd be a zero if Tab Ramos didn't call him up to the youth national team. Non-existent. No career. Ever. No, and it, and it's crazy that like he's being a generation Adidas player. He's basically guaranteed uh, a contract, right? Is is that how generation Adidas works? Correct, so, correct, he, and, correct. And so a team, you know, how many teams are are there? Twenty three teams, I think, for twenty four teams for for next season. Um, you know, so MLS is saying that, hey, Frankie, you know, one of these teams is going to like you, but we don't know what team it's going to be but we're going to guarantee you a contract with one of these 24 teams. That that to me just seems crazy as well. Yeah, it's pretty wild, isn't it? Well, it's super wild. Um but 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 far worse than that, John, is the fact that he would be a zero. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Well, no, so I so, guess, I guess where 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 my brain was going is that none of these MLS teams maybe knew who, or I'm saying maybe, but none of these MLS teams knew who he was or knows who he is and what he's about and what his history is. But because MLS is saying, Hey, you know, this is, this is a guy or Adidas is saying, this is a guy. Now all of a sudden all eyes are on him. Correct. Correct. That's right. Yeah. Sorry. I cut you off too. What were you going to say? No, it's, it's just crazy. Right. In this sort of system that we have in the U S that when we talk about players falling to, through the cracks, uh, you know, Frankie Amaya's or Alex Mendez's or whatever, like all these players would be invisible, you know, um, if it weren't for certain people's work, you know, and, and, and elevating them, uh, so that they could be successful. It's, it's, it's very coincidental if, if you catch my drift. Very. And, yeah, it seems like this this particular crop that Tab has had under his kind of tutelage with the U20s seems to be, um, I don't know, it seems to be just a group that was kind of flying under the radar. Like, you know, Alex, for instance, didn't make the U17 World Cup roster and all of a sudden makes the U20 roster and not only makes the roster but becomes the player of the tournament and then ultimately, you know, young player of the year. And, and before that, you know, crickets, no, no call-ups, no, nothing until, you know, the last year and a half or so. Right. And some people might want to, you know, lie uh, and say, oh, he was a late bloomer, right? He wasn't that good before. And it's patently false. He has been the best in the country for two or three years already. Um, it's just, you know, he hasn't been given the opportunities you know, and and thankfully, you know, with uh, Jonathan Gonzalez and the Efrain Alvarez, you know, situation of switching over to Mexico, you know, Alex can switch over to Mexico, you know, at the snap of a finger as well. And and now that, you know, alerts, you know, gatekeepers to, to take notice and be more intelligent about, you know, what they do with with uh certain players right and 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 i'm being frank here you know if 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 that weren't the case and you know our federation um and or our mls teams didn't have to compete with with uh yeah an opposing option you know a whole bunch of the players that are currently getting a lot of recognition uh, would be invisible you know absolutely invisible and that, but and, we're but go ahead, go ahead, John. We're straying a little bit away from the college team, but that's fine. Let's let's keep let's keep going. Yeah, I like it. And I I was gonna say too that you know even even though the team itself for three years in a row that Alex was on you know makes the the DA finals and 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 whatnot, it wasn't it, yeah like he 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 still flew under the radar. Like it, it's weird. Like people, I I don't know how they can watch those games and not, and, 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 you know, he wasn't 
a household name. I don't, not not that a fifteen or sixteen or seventeen year old should be a household name, but like he just it just it it wasn't in the conversation until recently, which is crazy to me to think that. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly, and he's not the only one. But uh, but yeah, here we are, man. And <laughs> you know, people are on holiday in Florida, you know, and and the media is having a field day and. I'm here just smirking, saying, listen, college soccer is pretty much uh, high school soccer at this point. Um, and that's not to be the insulting or diminutive of, of, you know, the work that, you know, my colleagues and coaches and everything at the college level are doing. You know, it's a job that needs to be done. Uh, some are doing good work there uh, while others aren't, like in anything. And the same thing with players. There's a lot of I think good players, you know, trying to get noticed in the college game, but you know, the college game doesn't lend itself to, to, to good football and to showcasing the players, man. And less of, less of all these, these combines, even worse. I'm going to ask you a question that I think that you and I both get quite a bit because we, we talk about a lot of problems and people frequently ask what a solution might be so mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just curious you know talking about all this stuff about the combine and about the players that are there and, and the coaches and the way they handle it and and whatnot what what would be a possible solution or fix for something like this john okay it's very simple and people aren't going to like my answer okay uh, well first i'm going to give you i'm going to give you the answer and then i'm going to tell you why that doesn't exist and then i'm going to tell you a solution <laughs> the problem is the problem is that the people who are doing work in this country, uh, front offices, coaches, uh, people in, in positions of influence, you know, at the higher levels, at the highest levels, uh, are the wrong people. Okay, they're they're, they're just not that, that good, right? And and on and on top of that, uh, so so what we need are better and better people at the top level, better and better coaches. Uh, and better and better front offices, right? Because that's where all the power is concentrated. Uh, Tata was a was an exception, right? Um, we'll see what the future holds with these other, you know, high profile name coaches that have come to the league. Uh, but people should be very wary about just the name. It doesn't mean that they're actually any good. Uh, but yeah, we need good people in those high positions, and we don't have them. And the reason we don't have them is here's the solution. We don't have promotion relegation, man. They don't have to merit their positions. That's it. People don't like the answer, but that is the answer. I'm sorry. It's, it's so funny how it tie, how it always ties back into that. And people will actually use that as, as like, you know, to an argument to discredit, as a, uh, to discredit the, the promotion relegation conversation. Like, Oh, it's not the, it's not the silver bullet. It's not going to fix everything. It fixes a lot, though, and and just making sure that people have uh, number one an incentive to to join the ecosystem and, and to feel like their work is going to matter. I feel like that's a a, a, a big component of it. Um, but also, you know, the people that are already in the ecosystem have you know incentive to continue to get better. And, and that's what is really missing. And, and, and maybe if I'm, if I'm interpreting your answer correctly is, is, um, you know, what, what you were trying to highlight there for, for a second is like the people Listen, that are, that are there. I'm sorry to interject. It, it, it's just important. It's, it's, this is, it's competition. Yeah. This is what competition does. So I'll give you, I'll give the people who are listening a very tangible example in this country about how competition has shifted the the dynamics in a positive direction recently okay two examples players moving to mexico efra alvarez and jonathan gonzalez you know going over there before they left the federation just like american soccer has this, you know, this attitude of, you know, either either it's our way or the highway and we're not going to compete with anybody for your services, you know, be gone with you. Well, now two very good players, you know, who are making waves left 
And here's the reality. They may not like what they're listening to now, but the reality is they've had to uh, change the way that they do things and acknowledge that they're in a competition, you know, and it may not just be Mexico. It may be, you know, dual nationals from elsewhere, right? Uh, that may be good. So it's no longer, hey, player, you know, bow down. You know, we gave you a call, you know, love the badge at all costs or F you. No, it's, hey, we love you, player. This is the best place for you. We're going to take care of you instead of treating the player like crap, right? So as a result of that, uh, everybody in, in American soccer, you know, who follows the youth national teams is high on Alex and Uli because, you know, the fact of the matter is that they're very good players, right? And they've proven it. Um, it's, it's not just hype. And the reason that they even know about Alex and Uli in large part is because of the threat of going to Mexico. It's just the reality. So competition has made U.S. soccer better, John, right? Because if we didn't have that competition, these two guys would be nobodies and our youth national teams would suffer for it. You with me? I'm with you. Okay. So that's one example of what's transpired recently and how it benefits our country. It benefits U.S. soccer. It benefits everybody here. Okay. It's healthy. The other example is to unprecedented levels in 2018, our top, in quote, right, our top elite talent has all flew the coop and gone to Europe instead of signing here with Major League Soccer, okay? And there's a big fucking shitstorm that that's causing, okay? But in the end, it's healthy, John. It's healthy because, as you saw, Garber, I'm sure, you know, given his State of the Union address, State of the Union, State of the League <laughs> address, <laughs> Uh, not not too long ago, he, you know, the the league seems to be pivoting or, or changing their tune with respect to things like training compensation, solidarity payments, and healthier policies, right? Uh, to try and and keep their talent here because now they finally realize that there's they have to compete, right? They have to compete for the services of the player. It's not just our way or the highway anymore, right? Um, because they'll just end up leaving. So these are healthy things and people shouldn't look down upon it and people shouldn't, you know, uh, hate me for saying these things publicly. You know, why does it have to, why does it have to be one big dirty secret? You know, I think it's, it's good to have these conversations and it's good to have competition, man. Um, it makes all of us better. So, so those are the two examples of how it's healthy to compete, right? How it helps us. So, Take that, you know, extrapolate from that. And how about having our clubs in this country compete against one another and not all be owned by the same entity? You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think I think, you know, that's the that leads to the ultimate health of of our ecosystem. And does is it a magic bullet, silver bullet? Of course, nothing is a magic bullet, silver bullet. But there are, you know well-known proven remedies that address a lot of issues. Um, and, and this is the policy that, that does that. Hey, sit tight. We are going to hear a quick message from our sponsor, Bounce Athletics. As a part-time DOC, I, I had a budget and, you know, we needed training gear every year and it just was getting more and more difficult to find decent, high-quality, affordable training balls. That's Zach. He's the co-founder of Bounce Athletics, and as a coach, he was having a hard time finding quality soccer balls at an affordable price. So he started searching for ways to solve that problem for himself and for others. We've been able to experiment with a lot of different textured materials and construction methods, and, and I think we've really got it dialed in to, to where now, you know, with, with our training balls, we're providing super high-level Training balls that have all the modern technology in them for a fraction of the price of global brands. Zach and Bounce Athletics are offering 343 members and listeners 10% off orders of those custom premium soccer balls that he was just talking about. If you are hosting a soccer camp this summer and you want to get 10% off camp balls with free shipping and receive everything by May, just place your order with Bounce Athletics by February 15th. Email info at bounceathletics.com to start the order process. And be sure to mention 343 to receive your 10% discount. All right, let's get back to the show. 
Now, I like that you mentioned, um, well, I, I, I can tell by the way that you're talking about it just because I've, I've had the privilege of, of getting to know you guys. Um, but I can tell that, that that excites you and the way that you start talking about it and just the tone in your voice, when you start talking about competition and making the, it's making the country better, I can tell that, that, you know, that that's, that's exciting to you and you're happy about it. And, um, you mentioned something that, you know, it being healthy and all these positives. And so when people try to paint this or paint the way that we talk about a certain subject in a negative light, it's like, no, we're not, we're not being negative. We want this to be positive. And we think that all these things are super positive. And so the way that you worded it, I think is, is going to, uh, I, I hope turn a lot of heads and, and, and make people realize like, yeah, like we want the U S to be better. We don't want everybody to suck. We think everybody sucks, but we, we want everybody to be better. Everybody to be better. Dude, we're your we're your greatest allies. We live in this country. We're U.S. citizens. We're Americans. We you know we want what's best for 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 our environments, our, our ecosystems. You know our our families, our players. We want what's best. You know we're not trying to 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 oppose things. It's just you know there's there there's this issue dude and and this the way things are now uh is not good man it's just not good you know people who are trying to do really good work and push the envelope and 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 produce positive things for our country uh are actually and in fact um enemies of the status quo no those people aren't declared enemies. The status quo looks at them as enemies and treats them as such, you know, when they should be anything but right. Those people should be the ones who are elevated, you know, and, and helped along. Uh, and that's just not the case because, you know, they, they just, they, they want to maintain the power structure that currently exists, man. And I get it. I get it. I, I just think we need to somehow, understand that we're on the same team and, and figure out a solution where everybody wins and, and it's not a zero sum game. And, you know, just one party wins and the other party loses, which is, which is how our ecosystem is set up to be. Uh, it's very much so set up to be like that. Um, yeah, we, <laughs> we wanted to talk about the combine, but now we're, now we're someplace completely different. <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. <laughs> Cause it's, it's so interesting though. Right. Cause if you think, if you dig deeper, right, there's, there's Toyota came up with this uh, concept, you know, but I think it was in the eighties. Right. Uh, which is how they got their quality assurance so high with their vehicles. I, I think it was principle of five whys or something like that. So, you know, if they, if they found an issue on their assembly line uh, at some point, they would say, you know, well, why is why does this issue exist or what caused this issue? Right. Why? And you have an answer to that. And then you ask why again to that answer. And then you ask why again to that answer. And eventually you get to the point where you can't ask why anymore because you've reached the fundamental a fundamental statement. You know what I'm saying? Like one plus one equals two. You, it's kind of hard to ask why that's true, you know, unless you're some pure math nerd. But anyways, uh, <laughs> it, it, so, 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 but that principle can be applied to across the board, right? And it's, it's a general principle. And, and whenever we start off in one topic, for instance, the combine, John, right? Uh, and we start digging deeper and deeper and deeper. We're essentially doing the f- a five why analysis, uh, of our original topic and you end up with this root cause uh, thing but yeah if you want to get us back on track we can do that <laughs> no it's it, it and and again i think i even mentioned it earlier it's just it's 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 I, I always say it's funny it's not funny um but everything always goes back to like a handful of key fundamental issues and promotion mm-hmm. relegation or promotion relegation being one of them but if you just want to word it a different way, lack of competition is is one way that people can think about it. If if you know pro rel has become a dirty word to them, uh, mm-hmm. but it, yeah, it's it's that lack of competition or that competition aspect that really is is going to be the key to to driving us forward. And, and I think you did a really good job of explaining that a second ago. Cool, man. Um, anything else about the the combine specifically? You told the story about Frankie. And 
him being being an example of of somebody that was just completely flying under the radar when, in regards to like stats and 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 grabbing people's attention with those types of flashy things and then all of a sudden here he comes with a generation adidas contract but is there anything else about the combine and that situation that you feel like people really need to know at this moment mm, uh... No, man. I think I said my piece, to be honest. Okay. Um, I wrote down. Let me see if I, if I if you answered it. I did want to come back to something that you mentioned earlier. So you you mentioned the experience that you went through with Choco, and and right before you mentioned his name, you said that the players a lot of times will get. And by the way, I'm sorry. I, I, do you have it written down? Will you remember? Yes. And by the way, Choco Jose was, is ten times, and and all respect to Frankie Amaya, like I you I I gave him props, you know what I'm saying? But Choco is was an insanely talented player, like way it's like not even close, you know what I'm saying? Um, just way better, way better final product. To right foot, left foot, you can even distinguish both of them. Uh, assist, dribbling, the passing ability, defensive capability, just like all around an insanely top, top, top level player and nothing happened, but continue. (laughs) No, but that's, that leads me into my question is that Mm. you mentioned that a lot of times uh, people will go to the the combine, maybe get selected and then, and then just discarded. And that's what happened with Choco is, you know, just discarded. And um, I, I, I wanted to, maybe pick your brain a little bit about how that works and how often that might happen. Cause I think a lot of times people will think that getting selected to even just go to the combine is like, Oh, like this is a big humongous deal. And then they get selected to come into a camp and they're like, Oh, that's a big humongous deal. And then all of a sudden you don't hear about these guys ever uh, a mm-hmm. lot of times. And and if I'm, if I'm not even mistaken, I think last year's generation Adidas class uh, if I remember right, like 75% of them just immediately got loaned out and, and they're in USL and, and, and doing nothing. Right. And and I think that's going to become more and more common because, you know, now almost all the MLS teams have a USL side or at least a partnership with one. Uh, and, and yeah, frankly, you know, the level, the general level of the college player is, is too far below, um, you know, the MLS level, which now, you know, has accelerated its, its hunger for, you know, talented foreigners, right. Importing foreigners. Uh, and then, you know, uh, of course the Academy environment, you know, has gotten to the point where, you know, 17, 18 year olds, uh, are better than in the past. Right. And, and what hurts the college player is again, that compressed short three month season and all these insane rules of only being able to train you know two hours a week outside of your season and you know i don't even know what the rules are anymore but it it damages your development more than it's it's amazing right so so if a player has gone to college for a year two three hell even four uh you're coming out of that situation not in not in very good shape. Right. And not, and I'm not talking about fitness. I'm talking about overall development, um, you know, skill wise. So, so it's no shock to me that whoever gets drafted, even if you're on a GA deal and then you go to preseason with the first team that you get exposed and then, yeah, you get loaned out. And, and that's one mode, right. As to why you get loaned out or just straight up cut. Uh, the other mode is simply, you know, the, potential incompetence of, of the franchise that you're at and not being able to recognize uh, that you have a jewel on your hands. Or maybe even the opposite of that is you might be, you might look like a gem during the MLS combine or during a college season you might stand out, but if the front office or whoever's making the decisions, the selections doesn't know how to gauge that appropriately, you know, they, they might think that somebody will come in and be a star and they end up, you know, coming into the environment and being a complete flop. Correct. Correct. And that's, and I think, you know, to, to, to kind of not be so mean and call people incompetent, right. <laughs> uh, 
you, you know, these front offices who, who in large proportion, you know, were former players, right. And, you know, they retired and then they're in these positions. Uh, they're relatively new to, to all of this and, and being in a front office position, you know, for eight, 10 years is still relatively new in my eyes. Uh, because that means that you've only been doing this job of talent selection ID uh, for for eight to ten years and passively, right? Because like we said before, um, they're not really going out there and grinding trying to figure out, you know, where the talents are in our country. You know, they're not doing their homework, okay? Uh, so they're not that skilled in it. And so when they draft, you know, highly rated prospects and they don't pan out, you know, then – they're not really they're already jaded for the next crop and the next crop and the next crop if that makes sense you know so they 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 stop taking uh college soccer seriously or or even in some cases you know their academy prospects seriously because they've been jaded from previous generations quote-unquote not panning out so it's all a big wash man it's it's very strange what's happening in our country man or what's always happened one thing that popped into my mind, and I think we've talked about it before, maybe maybe even on a podcast. Mm. I can't remember when we have, um, but it's that that transition, you know, from a from a professional career into a career as a coach or into a career in a front office. But the, that lens that you see the game through, you know, that you, or that you've seen the game through as a player, is completely one hundred percent different than what you need to than what you need to then select the talent to be part of a roster. If you're you know, a coach selecting a team or if you're a, a front office member making decisions. Uh, and, and I don't know if that gets brought up enough, but it seems that like that transition in the United States is very accelerated for a lot of um, former players going into those positions. And, and they don't have the necessary time to build up that arsenal of tools that you need to you know, make those correct decisions. Correct. Correct. Yeah, no, you, you, you were clear. You were clear. Uh, an example, right? So let's say you had a, a nice pro career, right? You're an American, uh, you got drafted, you played in MLS, or maybe you even went overseas. Uh, you, you end up retiring, I don't know, maybe at 30, 31, 32, 35, whatever it is. Uh, and you've had all these great experiences, but you know, you're, your, your career is as a player, right? So you're looking at everything that you're experiencing through the lens of a pl- that, that a player has. Uh, and that lens is completely different than the lens of a, uh, of a scout or a coach or, um, you know, these other jobs, right? Uh, so when they retire and they get put in these positions, uh, be it talent ID or, or recruitment or coaching or whatever, uh, they're frankly starting at, day one right yeah you've had experiences as a player but you know this is a completely different job man and somebody who you know perhaps was not a pro player did not have a long career as a pro player and was done maybe at 21 22 and started going into coaching or or scouting or dissecting games or into media or whatever it may be you know that person has a 10 15 20 year head start on the guy who just retired as a player you know what I mean? In, in that specific uh, uh, profession uh, and developing all those skills. So that's kind of where we find ourselves in our country uh, is that we have people just who aren't very skilled at their jobs. And when I think about it, it's a, a lot of times the people that are getting head coaching jobs, um, assistant coaching jobs, things like that are guys that have like they're pretty well known and, and well known for having decent careers good careers lengthy careers and that's why they're so well known and so that kind of plays into what you were just mentioning is that the guys that don't quite make it and that jump into coaching at 21 22 23 even though they have that 10-year head start they never became that household name as a player and therefore they have that handicap going against them that you know these these other guys that have these longer careers as players, more successful careers as players seem to still have the leg up on them. For sure. Regardless of that 10 year head start. For sure. And, and one objection that people might have, and let me address it right now 
is that, well, Gary, you know, that kind of happens all over the world. You know, players retire uh, and they're immediately given, you know, assistant national team uh, coaching jobs, etc. you know, Thierry Henry or just name anybody, right? Uh, Pep Guardiola retires. He's, he becomes, you know, Barcelona Youth Academy coach. You know, he didn't have to go through, you know, some scrub club or whatever. Uh but but see a couple of things, right? One is they still kind of have to earn their stripes, right? Steven Gerrard is a recent one. You you start with the youth, uh, and you try to cut your teeth there and then start graduating. But but more importantly, John, is like they are the children or the progeny, as I like to say, of you know top level institutions. Uh, with a lot of footballing culture uh, incorporated into them uh, that was transmitted to, say, a Pep Guardiola or whatever. I mean, look at who he played for, right? Look at who he learned under. Uh, look at the culture he was brought up in. So when he retires as a player, it's much, much different than somebody who retires as a player who played under Bruce Arena, you know what I mean? Or, or, or you know, or, or Ziggy, you know, bless his soul, or or Dom Kinnear, or all these, you know, old hat guys here in the U.S. Uh, it's a different animal, if I made my point. Yeah, you did. Absolutely. Um, I forget why I, start, I, I started down that path. I think I went all the way back to the combine stuff, and we ended up there again. <laughs> um. You're yeah. just mad you got to pay $2,000 for a C license. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a whole different animal. The responses to that are crazy. Have you read any of the responses? No, I saw briefly, and then and then I just had to do something else. It, what's what's really funny and, and that nobody's really picking up on is that how, how massively inconsistent the education is. So it's like people are chiming in with their own experiences and, and good, bad, whatever, and, and, but nobody's really picking up on the fact that, hey – we've all had different experiences and that should be very telling, but, mm. um, yeah. So that's, that's the most frustrating part to me. I've already parted ways with the money. Yeah. That's, that's a sunk, sunk cost already. <laughs> yeah. But it was good. I mean, to me, I, I went into it knowing that it was going to be a sunk cost and I wanted to see how, how they do things. And I, and I ultimately learned, um, how, they operate and and to me to me that's valuable um i i I didn't go into it thinking i was going to come out some coaching wizard and i know that some people think that they are going to get that out of a course um so armed with that with that mindset i i I was just going in to learn how they do things and why they do things the way that they do and that's provided me a, a lot of um valuable information i think so worth it cool i'm i'm just incredibly thankful and happy that I don't have to do any of that and I never will do it. <laughs> yep. Well, you're, you're taking a much, uh, a much more interesting angle, I think, than I am. <laughs> it's okay. Well, that's fine. You have, I guess, you know, coaches in this country and other countries, they have to jump through this hoop. So yeah, go, go get your licenses. It's like, uh, if you want to go fishing, right, you have to go and get your, your ticket, right? Go pay your hundred dollars or whatever. So you can actually fish there. No, that's a, that's actually a super good analogy because they're not going to teach you how to fish, so mm-hmm. you have to you have to know how to fish yourself. But if but you need the license to go fishing. That's a per, yep. it's actually a perfect analogy. There you go. Go get your fishing licenses and pay five thousand dollars. <laughs> awesome. Yep. All right. Anything by else? Instru- we need by, to... by, by by instructors who've never caught a fish. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was bad. No, <laughs> there's some truth. There's some truth there, though. It's so true. No, it's so true. Oh man, that's a good analogy. Um, all right, anything else we need to cover? I think that we're ending on a high note, so I think that's good, man. <laughs> I think this, this is good. I think so too. In classic three four three style, right? Yep. No, I think people are going to see some positives in it. I, I like I said, uh, I don't know, ten fifteen minutes ago. I think people need to understand that we want what's best for the country. Like we like we want everybody to succeed. Everybody, we want everybody to succeed. And we want everybody to have a chance to to compete in that arena. So, hey, U.S. Soccer, because I know you're listening to this shit. <laughs> fucking hit, 
hit me up and I'll be your director of education. All right. Ooh. And if you need a stupid ass paper education and paper resume, I'll send it over to you. Hey, no joke. You might have more teaching experience, like actual university teaching experience. I than do. The person that's oh, doing no, it no, too, no. So. I'm fucking <laughs> ridiculously qualified. <laughs> oh, so funny. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Uh, no, man. I think I made enough enemies for tonight. Right. Thank you for listening to another episode of the 343 podcast. And a big thank you to our sponsor, Bounce Athletics. I also want to leave you with one note from one of our members of the 343 coaching education program. His name is Thomas, and he's been a member for quite a while. And this is what he had to say. If you want to play insanely good with your team and start to understand the possession and positional game, this will give you a head start. I have tried the material on three ordinary teams, and after a year, they totally dominate the local teams. After two years, they are among the best in the region. The program 343 offers is not a complicated curriculum. It's actually simpler than you might think. But instead of more, you have to go deep in every detail. Thomas, thank you so much for that beautiful review, and I hope that everybody else finds that valuable. If you want more information about the 343 Coaching Education Program, the program that helps support and fund this podcast, you can visit 343coaching.com. All right, we'll catch you guys next time here on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening.